Good morning. My name is Kurt. It is good to be together on this Father's Day, and I want to go ahead and dismiss our kids to go to kids' worship. And as they go, I just want to take a minute before we move into our time of uh, sermon and message to acknowledge that uh, days like today, Father's Day, can be a a real blessing as we celebrate uh, the goodness of the gifts that God has given us in our fathers. Uh, But it can also be a difficult day for many of us. Some of us haven't had the kind of father that we would hope we have had, and so today can be a a painful day. Some of us have recently lost our fathers, and so it's a sad day because we are missing those that we have loved and are still grieving. And I just want to also acknowledge as a dad that uh, a day like today can remind us of all the ways that we continue to fall short and wish that we could be more godlike in our fatherhood Uh, but that we are broken and fallen people and that we have made mistakes. And so we need God's grace and forgiveness for us as well in the ways that we haven't lived up to the ideals that maybe we would want for ourselves or that our kids would want for us. So in that spirit, I just want to ask you to pray with me one more time as we pray God's blessing on our kids, but also on our fathers and uh, just ask for God's blessing as we look into his word. God, we do thank you. That in the midst of all of our experiences of human relationships, the good, the bad, and the ugly, those that we have suffered and those that we have contributed to, God, we need your grace and your healing. God, we give all of our pain and our sorrow and our brokenness to you today, and we ask that you would meet us through your word and your spirit, bringing your healing touch and reminding us that we are all your kids. And that even though we may not have had the best experience of fathers or being fathers, you are a loving father that continues to invite us to discover a new life in you. So bless us today. And on this Father's Day, give us the opportunity to to start fresh and to start new and to recognize that each new day is a gift from you as you bless us through eternal life through your son, Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. So... Students are graduating. School classes are coming to an end. If you're a teacher, how many teachers in the room? You are like counting the hours, right, until the end comes. Summer is upon us. The sun is shining. Vacation plans are being made. And I just want to take a moment to welcome you to a summer of wonder here at Faith Covenant Church. In the Bible, we see that wonder and amazement are a recurring part of what God teaches us is an essential piece of our human spirituality and our experience of what it means to be in relationship with a divine God who is beyond our ability to comprehend and to control. Psalm 19.1 tells us the heavens keep telling the wonders of God. The skies declare what he has done. And Psalm 86, 8 through 10 says, There is none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name, for you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. The Bible uses a variety of words to express this same idea, and depending on which translation you read, you might read the word wonder, or the NIV says you do marvelous things. Uh, We hear of amazement and majesty and glory and greatness and awe and even fear. 
All these words attempt to capture this experience we have of coming into contact with that which transcends our ability to understand or comprehend or to manipulate or control life in this world. I'd like to suggest for us at the beginning of this series and this summer of wonder that the challenge really is that as we grow older, we tend to lose a sense of childlike wonder that we had at the beginning. Things that once used to thrill us and captivate our imaginations no longer seem to even capture our attention. Childlike wonder often gives way to more adult concerns like responsibility and hard work and paying our bills or paying our taxes. Sheer busyness of life creeps in and we feel the weight of the tasks and the to-dos. We don't have time for childish things anymore. We trade in our childhood capacity for imagination and for wonder and for possibility for a more grown-up seriousness and rationality that is designed to solve the problems of the world and of life rather than to explore and experience the mysteries of life in this world. It's easy for everyday life to snuff out the opportunities that we have to be in awe and for moments of wonder in our lives and in our relationship with a transcendent God. And yet, as we look to the Bible, we're reminded by Jesus' words himself to his disciples in Matthew 18, beginning in verse 1, where it tells us about that time the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. Then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now, we might respond to Jesus' teaching here like Nicodemus did. Remember when he came to Jesus in the middle of the night and Jesus told him that he must be born again. You remember Jesus' response? Who can go back into their mother's womb and be born again, right? We might say, well, how can we become like children again? Those days are gone. We're grown up. We have all these responsibilities. We have careers. We have families to take care of. We have, there, there's no way that we can have the freedom to go back and have those carefree days where, where life was easy and, and all of our needs were met by mom and dad and we didn't have to worry about anything. How can anybody go back to being a child again? That's impossible, Jesus. What are you talking about? More often than not, don't we feel the pressure to grow up, take responsibility, get control of our lives, get control of our jobs and our families and our finances. And yet even as adults, Jesus tells us that we need to to learn to tap back into the, the freedom and the trust and the dependency that we experienced as children before the world convinced us that living in that kind of freedom was both irresponsible and potentially even dangerous. Mike Iaconelli, who was a pastor and worked with youth for over 40 years and was the co-founder of Youth Specialties and the Wittenberg Door, or later called The Door Magazine, in 1998, quite a while ago now, right, wrote a book called Dangerous Wonder. And the subtitle is The Adventure 
of childlike faith. In the introduction, he says, Dangerous Wonder is a book about the attributes of children that make childhood an adventure. And when adults rediscover those attributes, when we reclaim our childlikeness, we stumble upon the presence of God. And we are amazed to find the place all children know about, the place where we once again begin to hear the whisper of Jesus' voice in our life. When we find the place of dangerous wonder, he says, our souls come to life and we sense that we are on the brink of a great and mysterious way of living. Now, I want to suggest that if you're in need of something to study this summer, you can go through Dangerous Wonder on your own. There are discussion questions at the end of every chapter. You could use that in your disciple group or get together with some friends and do that. There will be some other resources that we're making available as we go through the summer, and that might just be one thing. We will be uh, referencing uh, all these resources, but we're not following any of them in our series. They are companions to what God might want to do in and through this season of wonder in in our lives. As we seek to follow Jesus as his disciples at every age and stage of life, we need to learn again to find that childlike wonder and that faith that we once had when we were young and when we were new in the faith. Like children, we need to stand in awe of the miracle of God's creation, the beauty of the mountains, the, the calming of a summer sunset, the soothing sound of the birds that they sing, and the amazement we experience at the sight of millions of stars on a clear summer night. Men and women, this season, this summer, this time in, in, our, in, in our area is the best time to get out into nature and to connect with the God of creation who invites us to see his amazement and his majesty and his glory and all the things that he has made. And when we do, what we discover is that as we begin to recover a sense of childlike awe and wonder and faith, we begin to lift our heads out of the doldrums of life and back into the realm of possibility and creativity and imagination. We need to learn to explore again, to hope again, to trust in new possibilities again. We need to learn to dream big dreams again and to live in the wonder of the God who loves us, who not only made us in his image, the Bible tells us, but who has given his entire being to save us from our sin and brings his healing and wholeness into our lives as a free gift of love that we can never earn, but all we have to do is accept and open the gift. Theologian William Barclay says that the child's humility is the pattern of childlike dependence and trust that marks the Christian's attitude towards God as the father of all. Christian author and psychologist David Benner in his book Soulful Spirituality says that the gift of wonder begins with the awakening of our spirits to see the world around us through the eyes of childlike faith that, be, that enables us to begin to see the ordinary, the everyday, the mundane with eyes of faith and wonder. He suggests that seeing through the eyes of wonder, children notice things that we as adults no longer even perceive. And he goes on to 
say about our modern culture. He says, the fruit of the enlightenment that we have inherited has been a boringly small world devoid of both mystery and the sacred. Science has offered us a brave new world of wonderful technologies and products, but has not lived up to its promises. A world devoid of mystery turns out to be a world that is too small for the human spirit. Even Albert Einstein once said, the most beautiful experience we can have is the mysterious. Whoever does not know it and can no longer wonder, no longer marvel, is as good as dead. And his eyes are diminished. Wonder is defined as a feeling of surprise mixed with admiration, with just a touch of fear and awe. It's caused by something that is beautiful, unexpected, unfamiliar, or inexplicable. Explicable, explicable, inexplicable. (laughs) The reality I want to suggest for us today is that all these authors, these theologians, even these scientists, what they are identifying is what Jesus invites us to remember in our relationship with him as his disciples, that as we seek to follow Jesus, That wonder will only emerge in the presence of reverence. Let me say that one more time. Wonder will only emerge in the presence of reverence. And what I mean by that is, if nothing is sacred in life, if nothing is worthy of honor and reverence, then nothing will ever evoke an experience of wonder because we diminish it, we, di- we exclude it, we explain it away, and we miss the imaginative creativity that God has woven into this world that he's made and that which we are a part of as his creation, and we diminish ourselves and our lives in Christ. The reality is that there's nothing that we can do to produce wonder for ourselves, but we can, however, begin to open ourselves to it. We can welcome it into our lives by making space for wonder and by allowing Christ to lead us back to understand what it means to have a childlike faith in our relationship with God as our Heavenly Father, who is the God of wonder, and how that wonder becomes an experience that we even have in our relationships with one another as a part of the creation that God has made. That's what a summer of wonder here at Faith Covenant Church is going to be all about. We're going to explore ways that we can open ourselves to the sacredness of the world in which we live and the sacredness of our relationships with other people. We're going to learn again what it means to make space for wonder and creativity in our lives and in our relationship with God. And we're going to learn how we can participate in leading one another and particularly our own kids and our grandkids into an experience of transcendent faith through a wonder in their own lives. Interestingly, the Fuller Youth Institute, which is helping people to reimagine a life of faith that connects with and engages the next generation of believers, is identifying that much new research that's coming out is showing that experiences of awe and wonder in our lives actually produce positive changes in us as human beings. On their website, they point to recent social science research that has shown that experiences of awe and wonder actually uh, cultivate humility in our lives. Now, this makes logical sense to us as Christians, right? 
Right? When we experience awe and wonder, we're reminded about how small we really are compared to how big God is as the creator of the universe and as the manager of all that is. And how much we actually rely on Him at every moment of every day for life and for love and for happiness and even for every breath that we breathe. Actually, more than just humility, they're discovering in these, uh, uh, these research experiments that cultivating experiences of awe and wonder is shown to increase compassion, kindness, generosity, perseverance, and it improves a person's mood. Go figure. <laughs> Therefore, the Fuller Youth Institute, along with other Christians and authors and teachers, are beginning to help us understand that cultivating experiences of awe and wonder, not only in our lives, but for our kids and our teenagers, is an important part of how we can actively disciple our own families. Through cultivating experiences of awe and wonder, we help kids to begin to discover a more transcendent faith that goes beyond religious rules and rituals and exposes them to the incredible majesty and the mystery of a God who can never be comprehended or controlled or confined to to principles and policies and procedures of a church faith, but who can nonetheless be known and loved and be related to. In a few weeks after this introductory series on wonder, we'll be doing a follow-up series that we're calling Rooted in Wonder, which is based on a book written by Erin Linham, where she has taken the time to talk about how we can nurture your family's faith through exposing them to God's creation. We'll be inviting parents and grandparents alike, and of course, children of all ages, to consider how working either through this book or by participating in the series will be an invitation and a guide to nurturing your family's faith through getting out into the world and exploring God's creation, which we know the Bible says is a huge part of what God has revealed about himself to us. And so we'll be talking about that. Even though the book is geared towards helping parents become more effective disciplers of their own kids, in our sermon series, we're going to be exploring the biblical importance of God's self-revelation in creation and what that means for us and how we can all begin to recover a more childlike faith through an understanding and an appreciation of wonder and amazement of the world that God has made, which again includes ourselves and the gift that he wants us to be to one another. Some questions for you as we jump into this summer season. When was the last time you remember being in a state of wonder? When was the last time? Can you recall a time? How long ago was it? Was it yesterday? Was it last week? Five years ago? When was the last time you experienced the hushed awe of being in contact with something that was truly sacred? where there was no words you could use because there was no words that would do it justice, but all you could do was sit in holy silence in awe of who God is and the experience you had. When was the last time you had an experience of something that was truly sacred? 
When was the last time you remember losing yourself into the world of possibility and creativity and imagination, sensing that God's Spirit was doing a work in you, that you didn't know where it was going, but you were carried along by the tide of these new things that God was doing and the inspiration and the excitement and the creativity that was going on inside you was something that inspired you to trust God in a whole new way and to take risks and to step out in faith into something new? As I have been working on this series a little bit and I begin to think back to some of those moments of awe and wonder in my own life, so many of them are connected to times of being out in God's creation and often in connection with friends and other people. I remember uh, years ago, Tammy and I, who we were uh, not even dating at the time, we were co-workers in youth ministry at our church and we took a middle school uh, camping trip to Yosemite from Phoenix. And during this week in Yosemite, I don't know if you're familiar with Yosemite, if you've been there, but one of my favorite places in in Yosemite is up out of the valley in Tuolumne Meadows. It's this high mountain valley where there's mountains around, uh, but there's flowers out in the meadow and little creeks that trickle through the middle. And, And every evening we would gather for worship in the meadow with the kids. And then those who were, when we were done with the official portion, those who wanted to go play and do things they could, but those who wanted to stay, we would sit in the meadow and we would read psalms out loud to each other. And it was amazing sitting in such an idyllic place and hearing the living word of God being spoken aloud came alive and became this sacred moment in a way that, that it was just, you couldn't give words to it. You just had to be there. Where I remember my bachelor party before Tammy and I got married, my friends and I decided that we wanted to do a camping trip. And so we went up to the mountaintops in the San Gabriel Mountains in Southern California. And it happened to be on a clear summer night when there was a meteor shower and we slept out under the stars. And the, this entire night, early, just before I was to get married, I, I contemplated the majesty of the universe and this new decision that I was making. And I met God through the stars of the sky and all these shooting stars that were speaking of God's wonder and his glory and his blessing on my life. I'll never forget that night. Or years later, it took me, I think, eight years of living in Arizona before I ever got to the Grand Canyon. (laughs) But if you've ever been at the Grand Canyon, you've stood on the rim. In fact, I don't know if you heard the news, but somebody just fell 4,000 feet to their death in the canyon this week, and, and what a tragic experience that is. But if you've been there, it's kind of scary, right? This giant hole in the ground that goes thousands of feet down, and you begin to contemplate the age of, of, of this hole, and, and, and the breadth, and the scope of what it is, and you feel so small, and you feel kind of scared that you don't want to get too close to the edge. And we were riding bikes with, with uh, Lucas and a friend, and these were, and we, it was like, don't get too close to the edge, right? But that's a part of wonder, too, is that there's a There's a fear and a scariness to it because being in wonder and experiencing things that are beyond our control can be risky and can be out of uh, our, our ability to manage it and it makes us feel unsafe. And yet how much of our lives do we live with the illusion that we're in control when really none of that is actually true? And so we lose the the joy and the freedom of living a a, a risky, adventurous life with God, trusting that he is in control and he's able to keep us safe and to see us through and to let go and to open our hands and to trust that God has a better plan for our lives than we could ever ask for or imagine ourselves. 
Christian author and creativity coach Faith Blanchard, who has a 40-day devotional called God of Wonders, 40 Days of Awe in the Presence of God, says, invitations to wonder are everywhere. They are precious gifts left in your path by the God of awe. These miracles of life amid destruction whisper hope and release healing. Our spirits are lifted each time we connect with the God who gives beauty for ashes. Isn't that beautiful? Research is also beginning to show that our memories themselves are physically connected to the places we are when we have these poignant moments in life. Wherever we are, when we have a profound experience, when something memorable happens in a particular location, our brains automatically link those two in our memory. And so is it no wonder that throughout Scripture we see how God implores His people over and over again to remember where He was or where they were when He did this amazing thing? How the Israelites are told that their physical acts of worship, such as building altars and keeping Sabbath and feast days and constructing tabernacles and ultimately the temple, should all be in memory of God who is this amazing and wonder-filled God who does things that are so beyond our comprehension that all we can do is make a marker to celebrate what happened in our lives at this moment. Do we realize that That's what Jesus was doing at the Last Supper as well. Right? Jesus was about to have this profound experience of dying on the cross and being raised to new life. And he knew what this would mean for his disciples and the shock and the awe that they would go through and this this wonder-filled experience that would blow their minds because they never could have imagined what God was actually doing in Jesus. And so on the night before he was betrayed, he had dinner with them. And at dinner, he gave uh, thanks and he broke the bread. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. And after supper, he poured the, the cup and he said, this cup is my blood, which is poured out for you as a new promise, as a new covenant of God. And so this physical act of eating this bread and drinking this cup became a a location reminder for the disciples throughout their lives when they would be persecuted and they would be executed and they would discover difficulty and resistance to the good news of God going out into the world, which was their call. They could look back to this moment and they could remember what God had done in this amazing, miraculous experience, this wonderful experience of raising Jesus from the dead. through our communion with Jesus, and through our communion with one another, Jesus invites us to remember with awe and with wonder and with childlike faith what he has accomplished for us through his life, death, and resurrection. And through this time of remembering, we're invited again to experience a kind of childlike wonder, recognizing that we come to God in total dependence, in total trust, with gratitude and thanksgiving for this amazing gift and the reality of His divine presence that He has promised will be with us and that nothing can ever separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? 
It's through this life of Christ that he has made himself known and he has made himself present and he continues to be available to us today through the humble and ordinary elements of bread and wine. A carpenter's son from Nazareth who died a criminal's death but was raised to new life on the third day is revealed to be the very presence and the power of God for the salvation and the healing of the whole world. Are you not amazed? Do we not sit in holy wonder that the God of the universe has descended to be our friend and to be our guide and to invite us on an adventure with him? Then why do we allow this world to tear us down and to put blinders on us, to focus in myopic ways on the pain and the sorrow and the suffering of life that we experience and the brokenness of life in this world when all the while God has said there is freedom and there is hope and there is healing in the name of Jesus. And so as our introduction and our invitation to a summer of wonder here at Faith Covenant Church, we are invited again to come to the communion table today. I want to invite the worship team to come back and join me on the platform. As we come to this holy table, we are reminded that Jesus invites us to come in humility and with childlike dependence and faith because he promises to amaze us with wonder beyond anything that we could ever ask for or imagine. And so as we come to this holy table, come not because you must, but because you may. Come not because you have any claim on the grace of God, but because in your frailty and in your sin, you recognize that you stand in constant need of God's mercy and God's grace and God's healing. Come not to express an opinion, but to pray for God's spirit and to seek his wonder and his holiness in your life. Don't come as an adult. Come as a little child and receive the gift that God has for you of his love and his grace and his freedom and his creativity and his imagination and his adventure life that he invites us to walk not only this day, but every day in his son Jesus. God, we pray that you would meet us through these elements today, that your divine presence and power would permeate our lives and our spirits as we experience not only the communion of our relationship with you, but the reminder that you have united us in communion with one another today. And so as we come to this table, meet us in this place, invite us into a wonder-filled life this summer and forevermore. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.